Cast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Burden of Command podcast. I'm your host, Earl Breon. Uh, first things first, I want to thank our friends over at C.S. Lewis and Company Publicists for uh, today's guest, Mr. Nir Bashan. Uh, Nir, this is just a great interview. Uh, you know, his book is about the creator's mindset, and he shares some tools in the book uh, to help you become better at creating, period. Whatever that is, creating. And at first, it may not sound like it has a great tie-in to uh, leadership and success and all of the things that this show is about, but I promise you, as you listen to this conversation, you'll see exactly how they're tied uh, together because Nier uses words like leadership, humor, and empathy uh, to really help unlock creativity and innovation in our teams. So I know you're going to enjoy uh, enjoy this podcast a lot. Uh, the other thing I want to mention is is you're probably uh, seeing this show show up in your feed right now and thinking, wait a minute, Earl, this isn't Monday. What's going on? Well, as I've been kind of announcing on social media for a bit, and I probably should have done a little better on, on the show, uh, 2020 was a great year for the show. I got a lot of outstanding guests, and I actually ended up creating myself quite a, a huge backlog of interviews. And uh, I'm actually booked right now through episode 103 or 104, uh, so there's a lot of great content coming. Uh, and to get all of that out in a timely manner... Uh, I've had to up the show to twice a week. So you're going to start seeing going forward uh, two episodes a week of the Burden of Command podcast coming out on Monday mornings as usual and Thursday mornings uh, going forward. So Nir Bashan is our first Thursday guest uh, kicking off 2021 with a bang. Again, you're going to love the show. And, uh, you know, enough from me. Uh, let's go ahead and get to my interview with Nir Bashan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Burden of Command podcast. I'm your host, Earl Brian. Today's guest is Mr. Nir Bashan. Nir, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Earl. Thank you for having me. This is going to be really fun. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. So, listeners, uh, this is a great resume here. Uh, Nir is founder and CEO of the Creator Mindset, LLC. He teaches businesses and leaders how to harness the power of creativity to improve profitability, increase sales, and find more meaning in their work. His clients include AT&T, Microsoft, Ace Hardware, NFL Network, EA Sports, JetBlue, and many others. He's also worked on numerous albums, movies, and advertisements, winning a Clio Award and receiving an Emmy nomination for his creativity. And he was one of the youngest professors ever selected to teach graduate courses at the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. He now lives in Orlando, Florida, and his new book, one we'll talk about a lot today, is The Creator Mindset, 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets to Innovation, Growth, and Sustainability. Wow. So uh, I guess it's fair to say that uh, you have a mighty high opinion of the skill of creativity, huh? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. I like uh I stay in my lane and that's my lane. There you go. Well, before we uh before we go driving down that lane, uh let me start you off where I start all my guests. When you hear a phrase like burden of command, what does that mean to you? 
You know, uh, it really is a, uh, it's kind of a true thing where command in, when you're in a leadership role, it's an incredible burden. So what I hear when you say something like that is really the burden of providing proper, thorough, deep and encouraging leadership, which is very, very, very difficult to do. Those who are serial entrepreneurs like you and I, and your listeners, um, I'm sure know that, but you know, it, it is one of those things that is incredibly difficult to master and incredibly difficult to execute. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, all right. So creativity, um, I guess the first thing is, is in, in your mind, the way you talk about it, what does creativity mean to you? So creativity is a long lost art of being able to solve problems with a different set of your mind, right? So we have two hemispheres of the brain, right? One is the creative side, one is the analytical side, and we've overdeveloped the analytical side so much that we in business today cannot come up with a creative idea to save our lives, right? Mm -hmm. We are so used to our spreadsheet and our P&L sheet and, you know, quarterly reports and all this other stuff that we've just gone so far away from the ability to solve problems in a new and different way. And so creativity for me is we awakening what we were all born with, which is creativity, and letting it lead us down a new road to solving problems in business that was never there before. And I love that because it's it's a lot of the way that they kind of pound in our heads, although they didn't call it creativity. But in the Marines, it was a lot of what they talked to us. We had a bunch of slogans, and one of them was, uh, there's no problems, only solutions. Uh, the other one was, yeah. uh, you know, what's the difference between uh, complaining and problem solving? Well, problem solving has solutions. Uh, complaining just makes everybody upset. Uh, and so... yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it was funny, and you would have loved, uh, I don't know how much you've really dealt, especially with Marines, but it, it's funny when you hear like a junior enlisted come to a uh, a senior enlisted or an officer, you know, sir, we didn't get such and such in uh, in our requisition order. Good. How do we overcome it? Uh, so you were constantly yeah. looking for solutions, and I think Definitely. that's a lot of what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that's that's the mindset that we need more of. And, you know, my book's been very popular with the military. Stan McChrystal gave it a glowing review. Um, uh, Doug Beekert, um, you know, the head of the Air Force uh, uh, Training uh, Academy was really into it. Uh, and, you know, it really is about starting to think a bit differently and starting to leave the realm of what we're comfortable with we are so comfortable complaining earl we are so comfortable looking at you know the negative things in life instead of the positive things in life and for me creativity is that tool that can be taught or really relearned that everybody has in order to solve problems that are just unsolvable with analytics alone and you know we, all of our institutions are set up to teach us analytics right we go to school you know you and i were sitting in kindergarten or whatever and we the assignment was to you know draw a tree and you drew a pink one and i drew a purple one and the teacher came by and said you know earl trees aren't pink or whatever and you were like damn it 
That's right. And so <laughs> you started to do them, you know, in green and in browns and stuff like that. And then here we are, we're in high school and it's all analytics. It's math and, you know, those types of classes. And, you know, we graduate, we go to college. Some of us go to the military. You know, the military is all about, you know, analytical thinking and, you know, kind of, you know, one plus one equals two and, and stuff like that. And we graduate, right? And we wonder why we're unable to, you know, do well. Now COVID's it, right? But tomorrow will be some other crisis. And the next week, next year, the next month, whatever, 10 years from now would be something else, right? And so we're constantly faced with issues and obstacles in our entrepreneurial path, in our business path, in our careers. And I've found time and time again throughout my history of, of working and being successful in some cases and being, you know, abject failure in some others, I found that the only thing that works time and time again is creativity. Yeah. And, you know, I love that tree example because, I mean, it's it's a perfect example. And, you know, then you grow up and you see, I can't remember the name of it, and I don't think I could pronounce it even if I did, but there's the tree, uh, one version of it grows in Hawaii that is actually basically a multitude of colors. It's green and orange and yellow and purple and all this other good stuff, right? Yeah. And, and so when we see that, we're like, oh, wow, these things do exist. And and we, we shouldn't be that surprised because huh. nature's pretty creative itself, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, nature's amazing. And you know what it is, Earl? It's the fact that we as people are in control of so very little, right? Mm -hmm. And we think that we control everything, right? But, you know, the, the, the universe has a different plan. And what ends up happening is we have set up institutions all over the world and in every culture. It's not just in the West. I've studied it. I've looked at it in the book. And it's really all over the world. We have analytical-based society that are trying to understand this world that we live in that is, you know, somewhat helpful. Um, it's good that we weigh something and we call it two kilos or whatever, or eight pounds, seven pounds, whatever it is. It's good that we can measure temperature and we know that it's 78 degrees in the house. Okay, it's comfortable or whatever, 72, however you like it. But what we are really doing, Earl, is we're cutting ourselves short of half of our potential when we only focus on those things. Now, I ain't saying that we should stop looking at analytics. I think the analytics are good, but they can only get us so far. And my my platform, my mission is to work with businesses around the world and career, people on a career path, professionals around the world on figuring out how to amp up that creative side and unite it with the analytical side. Well, on that note, in your book, you talk about uh, a gentleman that you worked uh, that you worked for, Jeff Cheen. I think I pronounced that last name correctly. Uh, he's going to love the plug. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm going to send him this podcast, and he's going to love it. Well, he's going to no, love good. it. But, but you talk about these uh, these three qualities that help overcome problems creatively, and they're humor, empathy, and courage. Why are those three uh, Why are those three important to creativity? So, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. So, Jeff Sheen was one of my first, you know, decent bosses. I've had, you know, I've worked for people in the entire spectrum of, you know, um, from being great and being horrible. And I've learned from both. And, you know, 
it helps me now when I manage employees and hire people, all of these things that you've experienced build you into who you are. And that's, it's a really important thing. But Jeff was one of these guys. I was like 15 or 16 and, you know, he'd give me drive by quips. Like, uh, it was like business school in like, you know, two second increments. Um, you know, tuck in your shirt. No one wants to buy anything from a bum or comb your hair. Or when was the last time you brushed your teeth? You know, stuff like that. Um, chew some gum for God's sake. You can kill a rhino. Like, you know, and I was like, really, dude? I mean, who is this guy? Right. And, and that whole thing. And then as I, as I got older, I figured that some of these anecdotes that he gave me were spot on. And it led me to kind of map out what I thought were the three most important personality attributes to awaken creativity in all of us. And I stumbled onto three of them. And one of them was, uh, one of them is humor, one of them is empathy, and one of them is courage. And, you know, a lot of people say to me, Nir, how is humor important? Uh, I've got real deadlines here. I've got inventory and you know, uh, things are not being ordered right now because of COVID. And, you know, how do I adapt? And you're talking to me about humor right now. I don't, I don't know what's, where that's coming from. But what humor allows you to do, Earl, is it allows you to look at situations in ways that you would never look at them before, right? They allow for a different part of the brain to be activated and a different sort of approach that you can't get through analytics and when you're able to look at something in a humorous way not only do you start to sort of loosen the grip of that self-doubt that you know terrorizes all of us but you're also able to perhaps inject a bit of happiness in a situation where you know anybody would generally look at it negatively listen you you, you we talked about it earlier about how you know uh, the military is set up for solutions, not for problems, right? right. And anybody can say, you know, oh, this is wrong. This is not right. But very few people can actually solve why it is wrong and why it is not right. But humor, what humor does is it lessens that load of having to get it right all the time and, and all this other thing. And it allows us to look at a problem through a new and completely different light and it's not about haha humor you know it's not about making a joke or something like that it's really about looking at something and <laughs> realizing the fallacy of the human condition you know right. and that merch stacking up or whatever the problem is um you know that the the machine the machinist isn't getting you know 0.02 percent more efficiency and you know towards the end of the day we're backed up 15 minutes you know that's a real problem and it sucks but 99% of people in the world will look at that with, with the analytical scope. But if you're able to, to transition that into humor and find the joy in that moment, the happiness, um, it will enable you to solve the problem. Empathy, incredibly important. We talk a lot about it, but we don't really understand it. Empathy for creativity is really about putting the shoe not only on the other foot, but actually living and breathing and feeling what that other per person feels. I do a lot of work with companies where they tell me near, you know, we don't have the right research. We don't know if this product's doing well. And I tell them, what do you mean? Are you, are you doing some listening? Are you, are you out there? Are you even talking to your own employees? And, you know, 
for me, internal empathy and external empathy are two different things, but incredibly important. Internal deals with listening to, you know, hallway conversations of your staff or, you know, your management team if you're if you're an employee and really sort of empathizing with whatever the situation is. Maybe it's a cash flow problem. Maybe it's a, you know, a quarterly issue or whatever it is. Uh, empathy can really help you through that situation. And then on the external empathy, the market and, you know, Instagram will tell you all you need to know. And so very few people want to do that. I mean, yeah, you know, analytically, we're going to hire a firm. They're going to do a double blind test and we're going to pay all this money. But creatively, um, I argue that you can get a lot of that stuff done for free now on the social channels. And so a lot of people aren't going there. But empathy can really, really kickstart creativity in ways that that nothing else can. And finally, you got to have the courage to actually do it. So, you know, my technique is really about getting off your ass and doing it. If you want a get-rich-quick scheme, if you want to read a book on how, you know, planting turnips will make you a multimillionaire by the end of next week, I promise you there's books out there and techniques out there that will do it. Go ahead and and, and go for it. Um, if you want real actionable items that you can use for the rest of your life and throughout your career and when your business is hitting roadblocks that you have no idea why it's hitting and you want to actually do the work, then, you know, my, my, my approach is that, is that thing. I'm, I'm a pretty authentic guy. I'm not, you know, uh, an ivory tower academic. I don't go to, you know, I don't teach at Yale or whatever, not, not knocking them. That's fantastic. But I'm out in the real world, you know, invoicing clients, figuring out why they're 60 days late, you know, figuring out how to make payroll and make sure that, you know, the machine keeps running and that, you know, families are getting their health care and that everything is coming together. And my approach is 20 years of that and learning the secrets from people who've done it far better than me and learning how to build a recipe of repeatable success so that people can always pull out creativity at an instant when they need it to solve problems instead of always running back to the analytics. And that's why humor, empathy, and courage are so dang important because you you need those three. And, and they're free, by the way, which is awesome, right, Earl? Right. Free is good. And so it really is a shift of your mentality. It's really about a perspective change. And that's what my my techniques, all of them are free. Every single thing that I talk about in my book and when I do workshops and webinars and speaking, it's all free. It's all free. And it really is about the listener and, you know, the a person just embracing these principles and trying a few of them out um, and seeing if they work and seeing if they offer new creative insight. Yeah, no, I mean, this one really hit me uh, with, with these three because uh, you know, I've got a friend, he's been on his podcast uh, before, Corey Schaffer's his name. Uh, he runs a company called uh, Till Valhalla Project. And, you know, they, they sell shirts and, and he takes the money from the shirts and he buys, uh, 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 not necessarily buys, but builds memorial plaques for uh, fallen uh, fallen warriors and first responders. And he donates a l- large portion of his income to uh, veteran suicide organizations, all that. Well, recently he was doing a specialty shirt uh, in memorial of September 11th. Uh, 
And uh, something happened in the process. I want to say that the dye didn't come out just right. Instead of it being white, it came out kind of like a yellow tint. Okay. And he had like, uh, I want to say it was like seven, 800 of these shirts that had run through and nobody really caught it. Well, now he's got all this inventory uh, stacked up that is, is essentially uh, faulty at this point. But he, his first instinct was to reach out to homeless shelters to see if they could donate those shirts to them, right? Well, lo and behold, he gets met with a brick wall at these homeless shelters because, well, it's COVID-19. We don't know what these shirts have been exposed to. We're not going to be able to take them, which wow. I think is a big missed opportunity on their part because how often do you get that many shirts coming into a homeless shelter for free uh, for people who really need it? Uh, but he ends up coming up with this uh, clever idea of just, hey, he, he, he owns up to the mistake. He puts it on his Facebook page. We're just giving these shirts away. Right, we we made the mistake. Uh, we need to do something with them. We give them away, and on the back end, now he's got seven hundred more shirts out there advertising his company than uh-huh. he had before. Right, and you know, I think that was just a. And he's former active duty marine himself, and I thought that was just a great uh, kind of our big mantra is uh, uh, adapt and overcome. Um, and I thought that was a good story when I was reading this of of having kind of lemons thrown at you. And turn into something positive. But you tell a story in here that is uh, really good. And, and I like the way you, you put it as kind of history changing. Uh, and that's the story of uh, kind of the interaction between Steve Jobs and uh, Bill Gates. A kind of a critical moment uh, for Apple. So uh, do you want to share that story and why it's so important to, to what you're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to, I'd love to dive in. I, I think, you know, that... What your friend has experienced is really a sign that I'm seeing everywhere in businesses today. And that is that the, you know, invoicing and or, you know, reception of revenue has completely changed. It used to be that, you know, you make a t-shirt, you price it at a certain point and you sell it. And that's still true to some degree. But the world is changing so much and there's so much work that goes on that it's completely tangential in nature. And most businesses don't understand how to capitalize on this, Earl. And I'm talking about really capitalizing on things to make as much money as you possibly can because the way that we practice free market enterprise in our country is some of the best recipes for lifting the world out of poverty, lifting countless societies around the world out of, you know, despair. And the way that we practice free enterprises touches so many different parts of the globe that we need to really understand that. We need to stop being apologetic for being um, capitalists and trying to make uh, a good living and trying to raise the quality of life for our employees and our, our clients. And we need to understand, like your friend, that the marketplace is forever shifted. And I'll tell you what, I do these podcasts, I don't get a penny for them, right? But then I'll get a call from somebody who will say, hey, Nir, we heard you on a podcast. It was fantastic. We want you to come be on a board of directors for a school. That literally happened about two months ago. And I came on the board. And again, I'm not getting paid. So A, my product or service is generally consulting and keynotes. Uh, or a workshop. I ain't getting paid. There's no money being exchanged yet, right? And I've done three pieces, right? I've done a podcast and now I've done, you know, uh, a board of directors gig. 
And so I'm on this thing and, you know, kind of injecting creativity into their thought process uh, with, you know, another a, a group of analytical people. And all of a sudden, you know, somebody says, hey, Nair, we need you to come into the company. Let's do a workshop. Can you do a week with everyone? Boom. So my connection to receiving revenue was A equals C. C went to Y. Y equals J with a little bit of B. And now, okay, all of a sudden that turned into work. So what your friend is doing is really reflective of what's going on here. Now, am I saying to shift your entire model to that? Absolutely not. But am I saying to be aware that the nature of being paid these days is completely changing? Absolutely. And there's an incredible, incredible lesson in in doing that. One of the most epic ones that a lot of people don't know about is that in the... Uh, gosh, it's the 90s now. Apple was in a lawsuit with Microsoft and Apple sued them because, you know, the, the UI, you know, the, the desktop where you see the little trash can and, you know, you double click on your apps to open, you know, Microsoft Word or whatever you're trying to open looks, looked identical on Windows and they felt that they copied them. They felt Apple felt that they were just ripping them off. So they, multi-year lawsuit, right? You know, and lawsuits only make lawyers rich, not really anyone else. And probably going to get some slack for that and a couple of not so friendly emails. But anyway, the, the point is, is that, you know, thinking outside the box of A equals B, you know, A leads to B, B leads to C, C leads to D. And, you know, sometimes A will lead to J and so on and so forth. So what in the middle of a lawsuit against every counsel, every lawyer's, um, recommendation, Steve Jobs called um, Bill Gates and said, hey, man, you know, we're about to go bankrupt, maybe in no small part to the lawyer fees, but we're about to go bankrupt. Actually, it's that and Newton. They had a an iPad before the iPad, right. 10 years before the iPad, and nobody was ready for it anyway. So they, they had a bunch of, of, of missed products and so on and so forth. And so all of a sudden, you know, they, they didn't know what to do and they tried a whole host of analytical solution, uh, cost cutting, efficiencies and all of these things. Uh, you know, we're going to let go of people and so on. Nothing worked. And so he called them against the advice of, of all the council and they decided to meet up and they, on both sides, the Microsoft and the Apple side, they were like, you have to have the lawyers there. You can't say anything stupid. Don't answer any questions. What are they doing? Why would you ever reach out to your adversary and have an in-person meeting, right? This is not, this is not analytical thinking. This is tangential creative thinking. And so they met up and the, the history is not clear because none of them talked about it. You know, Steve Jobs is now passed and, and uh, Bill Gates ain't talking about it. So what ended up happening was that somehow um, Bill Gates ended up giving a loan to Apple to literally bail them out um, because he figured that the world would be a better place having both of their companies compete. And, you know, Steve Jobs agreed to drop the lawsuit as a as a result. Now, how many businesses today are in some kind of pickle or predicament and would think to do something like that. I would venture to say very little. But the ability to think outside the box was not just Steve Jobs. It was also Bill Gates. He was smart enough to know that for his company to continue to thrive and to grow, he needed that arch nemesis, that sort of 
yin to the yang in order to become a vibrant brand and to really push his employees and his brand to its absolute max. And I really like that story in light of, you know, what your friend is doing with the t-shirts and what people can do when they start to think a bit more creatively about their product, service, or career. Well, yeah. I mean, and I think that's the thing that it, it just, a lot of people don't really understand that kind of mindset of, of needing something to challenge. Like, um, you know, back in my younger days, uh, especially when I was on active duty, I was big into bodybuilding. And I followed uh, a gentleman named Jay Cutler, not the football player, the bodybuilder Jay Cutler. And uh, he he had this trick, right, that, that he would share on, on his little workout videos. But he would never uh, pin the last weight on a weight stack. Because seeing that weight still there triggered in his mind that he still had work to do. And he said when he was younger, he would pin that, and he got to a point where he could, he'd pin that last weight, and it just was not as satisfying of a workout because he had finished the stack. But leaving yep. that last plate made it a tougher, more difficult workout and pushed him harder because I still have something to work towards. And a lot of people are afraid of that type of mentality, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I think we get really stuck in comfort. And when we're comfortable, there is zero creativity that can be generated. Zero. Yeah. So just as we're born with creativity, we're also born with a incredible sense of self-preservation, right? So when we, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 years ago when we were cavemen and women, we, you know, found a water source and it didn't have poop in it. And we were like, this is the best thing ever. Why would we ever leave? All right. We drink. Nobody's in the village is dying from it. The water must be good. Hunker down, right? There's a, a tree with berries or whatnot. Once in a while we get some meat. Dude, it's like paradise, right? But that type of mentality, you know, people back then lived till they were 20, you know, 19, 18, something like that. People were dead. And just as late as 1960, people died at 62. That's 1960, dude. That's, you know, a blink of an eye ago. That was sort of the age where, you know, an average person lifespan would, would last to. Now it is up to, I think, 76 or 78. And the improvements that we're making are dramatic. Yet our brains are still wired the way that they were 40, 50, 60,000 years ago. And so we are afraid of anything that might take us out of that comfort zone, just like we were afraid of dying by drinking contaminated water. But today's reality, Earl, is completely different. And those who understand that and those who appreciate that are the ones that are going to do incredibly well in this next sort of um, manifestation of the economy where things don't always appear as they um, you know, uh, in a linear sort of sequence and people who are able to grasp creativity and use it in an everyday situation and an everyday application to business are the ones that are going to crush it. Absolutely. All right. Again, listeners, uh, been here with Nir Bassan, uh, amongst many things, author of the book, The Creator Mindset, 92 Tools to Unlock the Secrets to Innovation, growth, and sustainability. Is there anything that we haven't had a chance to, to chat about 
uh, that you'd like to leave the listeners with before we close out for you? Yeah, you know, Earl, I'd love to hear from your listeners. I know, I know you run a fantastic show. And uh, well, thank you. I would love to hear from your listeners. I have a, a website. It's near Bashan, my name, N-I-R-B-A-S-H-A-N.com. I'd love to hear from your listeners. I got a community on there. You click the community button and you join. It's free and there's no Viagra ads, right? It's all moderated. <laughs> <laughs> We've got, you know, I don't know, everyone from CEOs, CFOs on there to students and interns and you know, there's kind of a vibrant community of, of asking questions and getting help. And so I would love to see you and your listeners on there. If it, uh, if, if any of this resonates, I'd love to hear what you, what you guys think about, about approaching business problems creatively. Outstanding. And, and, uh, listeners, let me go ahead and, and echo, uh, what Nir just said, because, you know, as, as a lot of you know, uh, one of the things that we, uh, we talk about quite heavily here at the Leadership Phalanx is the the concept of cognitive diversity. And what Nier has put together in that community is essentially a cognitive diversity uh, Petri dish in all the best ways of a Petri dish. And uh, so I will have the link to uh, that site so you can be a part of that community, get in there, have those discussions, take advantage of all the people who are using the creator mindset all the people who have benefited from listening to, to Nier's uh, videos, podcasts, reading the book, uh, keynote speeches, and, and get in there and, and, you know, find a creative solution to your problem. It, if it's anywhere, it's going to be in there. Well, Nier, again, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate your time and uh, carving out some of your day to, to be with me and my listeners. Thanks for having me, Earl. It's been, it's been really fun and like I said, I think you have one of the better shows out there on business and entrepreneurship, and I'm so, so glad that you uh, you let me come on. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. It was an honor to have you. Um, listeners, thank you for being with us. Go get a copy of The Creator Mindset, uh, especially if you're uh, in a problem-solving uh, uh, field in Newsflash. You are in a problem-solving field. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, or concerns for me, just reach out at burden.command at gmail.com. That's burden.command at gmail.com. Keep uh, subscribing, rating, reviewing the show, sharing it with everybody you know, so all of the messages uh, from my great guests like Nier can get spread far and wide. Just keep up the good work on that front. And with that, I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Have you ever wondered what actually happens in Congress every day? Stay informed on Capitol Hill's daily happenings with a concise, factual summary of the Senate and House of Representatives activities from the previous session, free from bias, on the Congressional Record Daily Digest podcast. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and discover the process from the heart of U.S. politics. The Congressional Record Daily Digest, an electric cast production. Electric acid. Electric acid.